Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. This episode features Adrian Salamunovic, co-founder of WorkshopX, a team of entrepreneurs building great web-based businesses like PopKey, Created, and Canvas Pop. Hey, Adrian, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Good, uh, good to be here. Wicked. Um, so, so I always like to ask um, the, the guests a little bit more about, uh, about who they are, where they're from, what they studied, and, and how their interest in, in entrepreneurship developed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, so uh, my name is Adrian Salmanovic. I'm from Ottawa, Canada. Um, I studied in the, uh, the School of Hard Knocks and Entrepreneurship since the age of about 16. I went to... Uh, Golfing College here in Ottawa to study marketing, but I've uh, been self-employed and since very young age. So, marketing, uh, uh, inventing, launching, hacking has been my passion since since I can remember, really. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned hacking. It's a perfect uh, fit for the the show. <laughs> So, so uh, we're we're gonna get to some of the stuff that that you've been working on uh, recently in just a little bit. But uh, one of your, uh, you, I guess, your co-founder for for most of your projects, uh, Nazim, um, is is co-founder and co-CEO. Can you tell us a bit about him and how you two met and and how working together has enabled you you both to do so much? Yeah, I mean, I've had a few. I've been very fortunate to have some great business partners throughout my life, and I think, um, or Nazim, uh, being being one of my best friends since the age of four. Uh, it started off really as an excuse to work with my best friend, um, but of course there's more to it than that. And uh, Naz and Ahmed and I are complete opposites in many regards. Uh, we're, we're best friends, but he's uh, more analytical. I'm more emotional. He's more into operations. I'm more into marketing. Uh, I enjoy PR and working on the outside. He excels at working on the inside, creating culture and systems. So what I'm getting at is it's really important. Uh, beyond having trust in a business partnership, because so I think that's number one, is to find someone who's actually the opposite of you, who's good at all the things you're not good at. And I think that's why we've been able to maintain our, our friendship and our business partnership of almost 10 years now. Um, so that, I, I think that's the, uh, that's the trick. We met when we were four years old in the playground, and uh, we <laughs> haven't been uh, separated since. So. Oh, man, that's so cool to be able to co-found a company from, you know, from a childhood friend that you've been friends with forever. So you've, you've found something really cool lately called uh, Workshop X. Are yeah. you able to tell us a little bit what it is? Yeah, Workshop X is, there's no real word for it. We're trying to come up with for a term. I, I think the best term is it's a, it's a launcher. It's not an incubator. It's not an accelerator. It's a launcher. Um, the closest thing I can find out there is sort of Betaworks uh, in New York. Um, we invest in, create, develop, and launch uh, incredible companies. The only thing they all have in common with that they ha- that they're on the web or they're technology based. So um, mostly everything we've done up to date has been consumer facing. 
but we're not discounting doing B2B stuff. We're just having fun, coming up with great concepts with smart people, launching companies as experiments, and seeing what sticks. And so far, we're having some great success. It's a lot of fun. Do you guys have a process for, for things you go after with Workshop X, or is it just you know any any random ideas that come to mind that seem cool? Yeah, I think um, great ideas do come from randomness and chaos, but there has to be a structure or criteria so that you can uh, focus on what is a good idea versus what is a bad idea. In our case, our new focus is definitely leaning towards digital over physical, even though our backgrounds in physical and we're very good at delivering and developing and producing physical items, we're definitely looking to explore more towards digital. We're also only looking at multi-billion dollar markets. If there isn't a huge market, we're really not that interested in going after it. And we want to solve real problems and do things that people need to use every day. Um, uh, so that beyond that, those are really the three main criteria points. Um, to say mobile or not mobile is just its silly because everything should be mobile now. E-commerce or not e-commerce, there is no e-commerce. Everything's just business now. So we're just looking to leverage the fact that we've never been in a better time to create companies less expensively and we'll take ideas from ideas to creation so fast. We're looking to take advantage of that and just find, find companies that have great market fit and great potential. And we're going to be launching quite a few companies over the next few years. Wicked. We're, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what uh, what comes out of there. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the background in, in the physical, um, uh, because because obviously your your first or, or two of the first companies was DNA Eleven and Canvas Pop. So what are, what do those companies do, and and how did you start them with only two thousand dollars and turn them into now multi million dollar companies? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um they call it lean startups now, right? And the term for us was just broke startup. Like we didn't have the uh, the money or the VC backup to to do it. So we had to learn how to actually create value, uh, pre-sell items, uh, raise money through one of the best uh, uh, forms of capital, which is from actual customers that see value in your product. And I think um, you know it forced us to grow a little slower. But um, I think the product now has been built through years and years of scar tissue and focus and dedication and discipline is now allowing, now that we do have capital, allows us to launch some pretty remarkable companies inexpensively. So, um, I mean, today you have Kickstarter. Uh, when we started, uh, you know, nearly nine years ago, there was no Kickstarter. So that, it's pretty amazing to be able to take a concept and pre-sell it. Uh, you don't need Kickstarter to do that. You can just find five or ten customers to throw your idea off of when they tell you it's great and that's something I would use just tell them okay cut me a check then if you really want it and I'll build it and that's sort of the idea it's very simple uh, principle of finding value finding things that people are willing to exchange money for and then take them up on that if they, if they truly want it they will pay you for it so it's a very very basic principle of business that, uh, that we follow and and so now you guys have uh, production facilities across Canada and the United States for for DNA Eleven, Canvas Pop, and Created. Uh, we'll get to Created again in a bit. But yeah. how do you guys find new talent to to join your team in these in these physical locations, and how do you make sure that you know working with remote teams in different cities, uh, you guys you guys are able to establish a, a culture? Well, a lot of that really does fall under NASM's um, sort of umbrella, right? Um, and and I can I can say that. He's done a remarkable job of creating um, a great culture. Um, we we don't just talk about culture; we act on it. Uh, we have you know incredible hack days. 
Uh, we have incredible benefits of working in our company. I have to say it's, I'm a bit biased, but it's the funnest place I've ever had to work. Uh, lots of amazing toys and technology and opportunities inside the company. And so we attract, we act like the best, or we like to think we act like the best, so we attract the best. And uh, not just technology and engineering, but marketers, um, you know, makers. Uh, it really is a remarkable place to work. And once you get that momentum going of getting a reputation for being a great place to work and a fun place to work, then it sort of takes a life of its, of its own. Um, I think one of the really important things as a company scales is building up systems that can scale. And so, again, Nazem and his team and our, our COO, Chris Barrett, and, and many members of our team, there's many of them, have done a great job of creating sustainable systems that can scale, and, and that, that's been the key to our success over the last few years. And how is running a, an internet-based kind of e-commerce site like, like Created or Canvas Pop really different from something more digital like PopKey that you guys just launched? Yeah, we'll so probably talk about PopKey for a second. PopKey is a completely digital product. It's a new third-party iOS 8 keyboard that allows you to send gifts, animated gifts to your friends as easy as it is to send an emoji, but it's much cooler, right? Um, so that's exploded out of the gate. It's doing very, very well. Um, the main difference, I mean, at the end of the day, is the in the past we've launched companies that sell things, physical things, and ship those physical things, and then we mark up a value on those things, and that's how we make our money. It's a tried and true method of, of, of business. It hasn't changed in the last you know 500 years or 5,000 years for that matter, right? It's about creating immediate value. The difference with PopKey is it is much more uh, of a, almost like a messaging platform where it's a bit of a land grab where you're trying to get users to use your tools, and the benefits of it come later on when you hit hopefully millions of users, and then brands come on board, and you can find other ways to monetize uh, the platform, more like a Twitter or an Instagram. Building a solid business base to Workshop X or all our other companies has given us the luxury to be able to take a higher risk and create these, these sort of network effect-driven messaging-type uh, projects like PopKey, and uh, they're a lot of fun, and, and it's still early days, but uh, we think PopKey is going to be a very exciting departure away from physical stuff, and it's just an experiment at this stage, so we're enjoying it. You know, PopKey is a super cool app. I have it on my iPhone, and I use it quite often. So something you've been able to always do with your companies is get really, really good press. Notably, Canvas Pop, you were featured on CSI, CNN, New York Times, Good Morning America, Wired, etc. How did you hack your way into these press opportunities? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I mean, um, PR is a super effective way to launch things. Um, it gives you positioning. It gives you a spike. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you can get too much PR and you get too much of a spike and you don't get the opportunity to actually test the product out and sort of slowly improve it. So um, we've done that a few times where we almost get more traffic and more traction than we had anticipated, maybe a little too early. Um, but... I'll answer your question. I mean, PR is not rocket science. It truly isn't. Um, look, at the end of the day, media outlets, their food, their oxygen is news stories. And if you're able to craft a story in such a way that it's relevant and timely to those journalists, they have almost no choice but to write about you because the story is so good and so on time and so timely that they want it. So in a way, it's a very symbiotic relationship between us, the content creators, the inventors, the entrepreneurs, 
and the journalists. They need us and we need them. Once you understand how the media works, which is, you know, look at TechCrunch. They spit out 20 stories a day. They need cool stuff to write about. We just try to make sure our stuff's cool. The key of that is whatever you launch, whatever you do, try to be remarkable. And that's not an angle or a position. That's in your DNA. So if you do remarkable things, the media will write about you. Um, at the end of the day, um, I treat journalists like partners. I don't treat them. That's exactly how I treat them. They're, we're trying to help each other out. I make their job easy. I pitch them in a way that's relevant. I don't spam journalists. I handpick them. I have a great team that helps me identify the right journalists to hit at the right time. And then I just make sure that I pitch in a passionate way that's relevant. One of the biggest mistakes I think a lot of startups do if you want to talk about hacking is hire, try to hire a PR person or a, a journalism student to pitch the media for you. Guess what? They don't want to fucking hear from them. They want to hear from you. You are the founder. Nobody can tell your story better than you. They want to talk directly to you. So if you want to get media, really make sure you get comfortable pitching to the media and pitch to them directly and build those relationships that can be very valuable. Mm -hmm. So is press a necessary part of any startup? No, I, I don't think press is absolutely necessary. There's a lot of incredible companies that you've never heard of that are maybe deep into B2B space. They, they're not looking to get wide media exposure. Um, mm -hmm. They're maybe more driven by business, you know, B2B, where you have a group of salespeople talking directly to another group, and it's very targeted. Um, but I will say this, that getting media is, can only help. It, uh, like I said, it paves the way for positioning. It gives you the advantage uh, of impressions and credibility. Let's not, let's not mistake credibility with being first out to media and getting that exposure and being able to show those little logos on your homepage, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a huge, huge benefits to media, and I'm a big proponent of that. But you don't have to have media to be great. I, I think it just helps. Great. So how do you how do you get press coverage without expensive PR help? Like, what's the steps that you go through? Yeah, I mean, at a high level, um, the first thing you have to do is, you know, decide on your angle. And the angle starts with, what's, so what? Like, just ask yourself the question, why should anybody care about what we're doing? And usually that person that you want to think about is the end user. Who's your end user, and why should anyone care? What's different or remarkable about us? Once you identify that, one little hack tip that I'll give you is try to write the headline. You know, create the headline for the journalist. It makes their job a little easier. In fact, do me a favor before you start any company or any product, and we could do what, uh, what uh, Amazon does, right, which is to create, we all know about this, create the press release first. Because guess what? If there's nothing interesting to say in the press release, then your product's probably not interesting which means not only will the journalists not care, none of your customers might care either. So that's a, a wonderful hack is just to kind of put together that press release. And when you're pitching, just pitch the headline because the headline should be something that journalists can, uh, can relate to, and that's your angle. Um, beyond that, just keep it real. Like Journalists don't want to hear a pitch that's three and a half pages long where you copy and paste a press release in the, into the document, and, and they don't have time. An inbox, the inbox of a typical journalist looks a lot more like a Twitter stream than uh, an inbox. So you have to stand out very quickly, and that's where that headline and that clean, short but sweet pitch comes in. 
at the end of the day, guys, all you're trying to do is get the journalist to click the reply button, right? And if you've done that, you've won. Because they're either going to ask you a question or something's going to happen. And that's your only objective. Get the journalist to hit the reply button. So it doesn't take a lot of text to do that. Wicked, wicked advice. Um, so, so one of the most recent companies you launched was was created just a couple of months ago. It's uh, basically a marketplace for photographers to sell their their work on either print or canvas. Um, and and you guys did a whole bunch of tactics to uh, you know grow that grow the company really really quickly. Onboard a bunch of uh, of uh, amazing artists, um, and then did a, a few pop up stores in, in New York City. So you know why did you guys start created? Um, how, how did you grow it so quickly? And and what's what's next for it? Yeah, so the reason we started creating is kind of twofold. Um, <clears throat> one, there was customers actually asking for it. So it was the best type of startup when you know your customers are there. Um, Canvas Pop, the company before created that's still very active and is our main company, um, has hundreds of thousands of customers. And those customers come to us all. I say sometimes the best ideas come from your existing customers. And we were seeing a lot of our Canvas Pop customers who are used to uploading their mobile photos, their own photos, and then printing them, saying, you know, I'm running out of photos, or I don't always want a photo of my family or of my own lifestyle. I'd like to know if there's photos, for example, from any great artists that you know, or local artists, or I have a specific thing that I want to put on my wall. And we were sending them away to um, different stock photo sites and saying, hey, buy the stock photo. We'll print it for you. Well, we realized that not only do we have hundreds of thousands of of customers that want to print photos, we also have some amazing photographers that are already Canvas Pop customers. So we wanted to create a, a platform which is so much more powerful than an upload and print site. And so in a platform, in this case a two-sided platform model, you've got um, photographers, digital artists, painters uh, who have great content that's stuck on their hard drive or isn't getting the exposure that they need. And then you also um, have a bunch of people who are looking to buy great art. So all we do is connect the two. And there's something really powerful about seeing somebody in Italy uh, that's uploaded some incredible images, uh, connecting with somebody from Venice, California. We don't know either one of them. They're just connecting on our platform and helping to make that transaction happen. The network effects of a platform are also really powerful. Um, so, so Crane has been a great, another great experiment in, in developing platforms. The one thing about platforms though, is they're not easy. There's a lot of heavy lifting from the technology side. It takes a very long time to get them to move. But once they do, they can become unstoppable. You look at companies like Etsy as an example, eBay, and other marketplaces. They're incredible amount of users and incredible value as a result of, of, of creating those those marketplaces. So um, yeah, the, we're still again working hard to get created. It doesn't stop, but it's growing every month and we're really excited about that project as well. That's great. And I was really pumped when I saw Created um, launch. It's a beautiful site and uh, it just makes sense like being able to upload your photos and sell them on print or canvas. So as you mentioned earlier, PopKey was one of the first projects created by Workshop X. Would you be able to walk us through the process you guys took from the initial idea all the way all the way to the app store? That's great. So the idea came. The idea wasn't ours. So it came to us from a, a good friend of mine that approached uh, approached me with the idea. Um, immediately saw value in that idea, and then first thing I did was try to validate the idea. So that doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to hire a big focus group or whatnot. You just kind of ask people. 
So in this case, I went up to a bunch of people who were, you know, 12 to 24-year-olds that I knew in my network and, and said to them, like, this is the idea. What do you think? And people's reactions told me right away this is something we had to pursue. Hmm. The next step was to create a simple prototype. There's a variety of tools that you can use to do some very rapid prototyping. Uh, one example is Envision, a uh, great, great suite of software that lets you create a prototype in a matter of hours. Uh, we, we slapped it together and started doing what's called the bar test. You know, go up to your buddies or strangers in a bar, show it to them, see their reaction. Yeah. Again, the reactions were super positive. We knew we were onto something. We did look at big data as well to understand sort of what's happening out there. What's, what's Giphy doing? Um, that's another GIF type platform that's actually uh, very complementary to what we do. We looked at, you know, Snapchat. We looked at, you know, um, LineApp out of Japan. All the numbers, all the data said that we're onto something that could be a multi-billion dollar opportunity if done right. And we built this thing in 60 days, right in right on time for iOS 8. And uh, you know, we're just getting started. It's just the really, really the beginnings of that project. That's great. So what's what's next for Popkey? What's the next rollout for it? Well, you know, um, there's a lot of work to be done. We're learning a lot from our users. Uh, those that are, that use it are super excited and heavily engaged. We've sent in excess of 5 million gifts so far, and that number is going up every single day. Wow. So uh, we've delivered a lot of content for, for such a short amount of time. It's, again, less, less than three weeks old. Um, so we're really, really, really at the very early stages. And it took Snapchat six months to get to where we got to in three weeks. So, and we know, you know, so, so there's a huge potential here. Uh, we just got to keep listening to our customers, evolving, and really... Um, uh, staying focused on what our vision is and what our users want. Um, we learned a lot from Kevin's system over at Instagram. It's just if you focus on a great user experience, in the end you'll win. And that's what we're looking to do, just create an amazing platform. We don't have the pressure of having to generate revenue. Um, and we've had people approach us to offer us revenue and we've said no. So we're staying very disciplined on just creating a great product and the rest will play itself out. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing how it how it does play itself out. So um, so so can you share uh, one one kind of funny story or unbelievable story about uh, about you or one of the companies that that very few people kind of know about? Huh. That's that's interesting. I don't know what I, what I, if, if people don't know about it. I'm not sure I want to tell them. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think. Um, we've had a lot of crazy stuff. I mean. Uh, you know, I, I look back and I think to some of the places I've been and the things I've seen, like you know, with DNA 11 getting a chance to be on this on this on the set of CSI New York, was pretty cool for me. Uh, I think being invited from Nazim and I were invited to uh, to Google headquarters to be part of the uh, X Prize program many years ago. That was definitely uh, it's going to be very tough to beat. That it was a, a remarkable night to be at a, at a major gala. Uh, at Google headquarters, seeing you know all these legends of tech and Hollywood in one place, and we're we're looking at each other, going, "What are we doing here?" You know. So I don't think a lot of people realize that, but I mean, every day is a crazy story, right? So every day something interesting happens, and you react to it. And um, I think it's a real roller coaster having a startup and, and not being VC backed and choosing to do things 
uh, organically, you're going to have experience a lot of major ups, a lot of major downs. And uh, I think the important thing for anyone that's doing their own startup is just to appreciate those downs as much as you appreciate the ups and appreciate whatever stage your startup's at because every stage has its own fun, crazy moments. But off the top of my head, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you on that if I think of anything really crazy. But sure, no worries. Too, too many to think about, you know? Exactly, exactly. So within the last year, both you and Naz launched Created, Workshop X, and PopKey. So what's right. next for you guys? You know, who, who knows? I mean, I'll say this. We are um, very open to opportunities. We're always looking for smart people to come and, and you know, um, bring, bring us ideas, uh, come to us ideas, whether it's internally or externally. Um, uh, and then if those ideas come to us, if we, if we are able to execute on our vision and, and generate value, the ideas will come to us. So, so I really can't tell you what's next, but you might be able to, you know, or somebody watching this, uh, this program might, will probably be the one to tell us and we'll, we'll work together to do something great. So, so I don't know. We're just, I'm just excited that we can act like a lab, like an innovation lab, mm -hmm. and be open and not limit ourselves to any specific thing. As long as we have great people around us, we can build almost anything. Awesome, cool. Well, hopefully somebody will hit you up and, uh, and and bring you the next big thing. You guys can build it together. For sure. So besides uh, Popkey, uh, what what apps or tools or books are you really obsessed with right now? Well, you know, um, I'm pretty obsessed right now with just like you said with our own thing. We're really really staying uh, laser focused. You know how hard it was even, and I wasn't playing hard to get at all to even get this uh, this Skype interview together. I mean, it's really. Um, a time for focus for us, but I mean I love business books. You know, um, uh, the hard thing about hard things um, by Harowitz is just a, a great read. It's a, it's an obvious must read for everybody. Um, very inspiring read. I spend a, a shit ton of time on Twitter um, because I find that the content is just so relevant and the people that I follow are so great that I spend a lot of time kind of listening to that and reading that. I'm on Medium quite a bit. Great content on there. Um, you know, and as far as apps, what am I obsessed with? I'm obsessed with Uber right now. You know, I always have been from day one, very early on, Uber customer. Uh, absolutely obsessed with the user experience and the problem that they're solving. Yeah, they do a great job. It's great you know, to see it in Ottawa. Fantastic to see it in our hometown. I hope we support it. Um, you know, in the end, I think if the people want it, you can legislate whatever you want in time. What the people want will win, and so we have to we have to back up Uber if we want that service, and uh, we definitely do. Um, so yeah, right now I'm really obsessed with uh, just my own health, uh, obsessed with my employees, obsessed with my company, obsessed with making my business partner successful as he is with 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 the same. Um, and and um, you know creating great products and then just continuing to grab traction for all the companies that we've started and uh, and that keeps us pretty busy so that's what we're sort of obsessed with. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we both appreciate you taking uh, the time to, uh, to to break away from that that focus and and uh, speak with us and share some of your insights. So thanks a lot for being on the show, Adrian. Well, it's a lot of fun, guys. Uh, I'll be I'll be tuning in myself. So um, you know, hit me up on uh, King. Of Canvas uh, on Twitter. That's King underscore of Canvas, of underscore Canvas uh, on Twitter. You know, any questions or anything? 
any you guys want to talk about, I'll, I'll answer them. Wicked. Thanks so much. Cool, guys. Good talking to you. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start, and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.